We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. By the way, I'm not giving out too much information here. Um, I, will not, I will not disclose the location of which uh, Bruce will be visiting today, but Bruce is coming to visit me. He's bringing me some boxes because he is a absolute patriarch, uh, just a saint. And uh, Bruce is actually in the middle of moving himself. So he is being kind. He's driving to Buffalo all the way from, from Ohio to bring me some, uh, some of his extra boxes to use for my move. And I am introducing him and his wife to Buffalo you know, uh, cup and char pizza today. Uh, but again, I will not disclose the location. Uh, and, you know, you, I will be wearing two masks so nobody can actually see me so that we remain. And there is no FBI, Bruce. By the way, the FBI does not follow me. Um, you, your, your identity is safe. Um, but before we go into the pizza thing that we're going to get into today, I'm not sure if you were listening um, at the start of the show, but there's been a very large conversation around ice cream this morning, and I'm a bit of an ice cream guy, um, and I'm wondering your take, if, if you, I don't know, what, what is, before I even ask your take, what is your general consensus when you go to, let's say, you know, your local ice cream establishment? Are you just getting a cone, a twist? Are you a, are you a flat vanilla guy like me? Do you go with like the Arctic swirl with the candy bar pieces? Like what? What is your what is your sort of safe zone, so to speak, with with custard slash ice cream? The first time that I go to any new food establishment, I feel like I have to establish a baseline. So the first time I go to a brand new pizza place, I'll get cheese or pepperoni. The first time I go to a new ice cream place, I got to make sure I go standard. I have to have a baseline by which everything else can be built. Sure. So standard vanilla, standard chocolate. And then once I'm introduced to the quality of the product, Mm. As it, at its base level, then the more times I go back, the more you know crazy I can start to get. So you've got this whole process, and uh, it's a process I appreciate because I think there's uh, okay. How about this though? Now, soft serve versus custard. Are you a are you a custard guy? Or are you more of a soft serve fiend? I am more of a custard guy. Yes. If you held a gun to my head and sure. made me choose, I would take custard. I'm not opposed to soft serve, but in the if the choice is being forced to be made on me, I will take custard over soft serve, yes. I think I'm with you in that, and I think it's really important for me when I go to a place, especially for the first time. The problem is, Bruce, uh, in western New York, there is not a place that serves custard that I have not been to, so I've got a pretty good foundation for, of understanding of flavor profiles. So the thing that I'm, Corey and I are in the process of discussing here is how many, let's say you get a large Arctic swirl, like how, what is the standard number of total Reese cups or you know Snickers bars are actually included when you're eating that? Because I am of the 
impression that it's at least three, four, and in some cases, five full Reese cups inside. And then you're just, you're getting to a point where not only are you eating 24 ounces of, of custard, but you're also eating upwards of four Reese cups. And that's really where I think I start to question my, my own self-conscious, you know? Absolutely. And I think that you don't really start to notice it until you start to like do things where you count calories in an app or you're counting macros or things. And you go to plug in a standard Arctic glass or a, a standard cone and thing, and then you you kind of juxtapose that with the standard cone with the Reese's, and you're like, oh, 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 is that what I just ate? <laughs> and you realize you didn't actually have one dessert. You have yes. And that's and that's sort of the conundrum you get to, especially when, uh, as Corey would put it, I'm I'm headed right down Diabetes Avenue. Um, so yeah, as as an ice cream connoisseur of myself, um, do do you feel like me that there's a almost like a secondary phase to your appetite where, regardless of the amount of dinner or fullness you feel, that there is always that additional room for ice cream. Or Because my girlfriend is not this way. If she's really full and I'm like, hey, let's go get some custard, she will give me this reluctant look. Now, she, she goes with me. She doesn't not come with me, but she'll get the baby cone. I will still go after the full-size large cone because I'm a savage, but like, you have, do you also have this, I, I don't want to call it an issue, I think I'd call it a personality trait. Well, I think the science has been settled. I do believe there's a separate compartment in the human body that is specifically reserved for a dessert and is not filled up previously by your eating of the meal. So I, I think that's, that's pretty obvious to me anyway, and I, I think that a lot of it comes from I'm full of that thing. of yes that's and right that, that that that's the fullness thing we need to understand of i'm full of that thing i'm tired of that thing and if there's a complementary flavor if there's if you're looking at flavors like a profile like a wheel if there's an opposite side of the wheel so if i had something salty for dinner i, I still have something sweet at that point so i'm full of that side of the wheel but that doesn't mean that there isn't a complimentary flavor on the opposite side of the wheel that I could still not find room to you know, consume. Corey, do you see why I bring on Buffalo Rumblings Bruce exclusive, Bruce Nolan, on the Western Hotline? Do you see why I do it? I mean, it, I, this all, it all checks out. I don't know if you're going to find this in like nature or science or some kind of medical field. Uh, uh, medical research. studies yeah. and research. I'm uh, not going to read an abstract about the ice cream pouch that all humans have the in their ice stomach. ice cream pouch. See, you've taken it to a weird level. I would never have called it a pouch. What? Science? Is that the weird uh, level I've taken it to? I, I, well, I, any, anytime you, you use something to describe something as a pouch, I feel turned off on it. So it's definitely not an ice cream pouch. But I'm not sure what we'll call we'll a chamber. It out. You a ch want to okay, an ice cream chamber. That that sounds more scientific than pouch. Yeah, that's true. Um, so Bruce, before uh, before you and I start to talk about sports, which this show is supposed to be about, um, have you done your research on the cup and char? Um, are you? I guess the question is, how excited are you to consume buffalo pizza? And more so, how is your significant other? What have you guys done in preparation for today? Okay, so I've had buffalo pizza before. I had imperial pizza. Okay, okay. Stop. Let me tell so you, though, Bruce. Familiar. Bruce, imperial but, is sort of a different... I don't know... It's sort of a different category of buffalo pizza. So I'm glad that I'm going to be introducing you to a new category of buffalo pizza today. I'm excited about that as well. I, I do think that, as I mentioned previously, when you go to a new place for the first time, you got to go standard. And given the fact that standard is something that is synonymous with the style of buffalo pizza being the cup and char pepperoni, then I'm pretty excited about that. 
my wife is very excited, mostly because my wife is a pizza fiend. Okay. So it's very it's very get the pizza. I like pizza. Pizza is not my favorite food, but it is something that's that's high on the list for my wife. Pizza is something she could very easily consume four times a week. Yes. So if it's the right type of pizza, you will know because Mrs. Nolan will put the stamp of rule. In preparation, we actually had um, a pizza sub Ooh. last night. And then last weekend, we made our own pizza. So we, we've been kind of sort of you know, hovering around the top. Preparing right? the palate. Skirting the edges. Exactly. Yeah, right. We've been skirting the edges of the palate. As it relates to pizza, and and I'm really excited to dive in. So if she, you know, since she hasn't really experienced Buffalo pizza, does she have a preference for, like, is she like a Detroit deep dish gal? Is she a Chicago deep dish gal? New York thin style? Like, does she have sort of like, this is my comfort zone, and Buffalo pizza is going to ask me to sort of move out of that comfort zone? She's never had Detroit style pizza, and she doesn't particularly care for Chicago deep dish pizza. As a general rule, you know, standard hand-tossed stuff is normally good. If it's a really crispy thin crust, she'll go for a crispy thin crust. But the problem with thin crust is sometimes it gets really, like, rubbery, you know, and yep. soggy. Yep. And then she's just completely turned off. If it's a thin crust and it's crispy like a cracker, then she's good with it. But as so I think that there's a possibility, given her, her general leaning toward traditional hand-tossed, that if the Buffalo pizza is executed well, it could be upper alley. I'm I'm really looking forward to this. I'm I, I listen. You you gave me about two weeks, and I went right up to the buzzer on trying to figure out where I thought the most appropriate place to bring you guys were. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. Um, and uh, more more so, I'm looking forward to after you leave and you post some pictures on all of the. Oh my God, that's where you went. You there's so many other places. You know, like just everyone telling you how wrong we were for for choosing that joint. So I'm really looking forward to the public discourse on it all. Well, you know. If there are no pizza hipsters, are there really any pizza fans at all? No, there's uh, so not. So I, I, I fully expect it. I, I, I fully expect it. I embrace it. It's the same way with garbage plates. When I had a garbage plate and I said I didn't enjoy it, the first response was, well, then you must not have had it right. That's right. right? Yeah, that's, that's right. That's, that's obviously the, the garbage plate hipsters out there. So I'm, I fully expect to see some pizza hipsters on my timeline this afternoon slash evening. All right. Uh, Bruce Nolan, the Bruce Exclusive Podcast on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. He's joining me here on the Western Hotline. We we had some food that we had to get out of the way. Now we're going to talk a little ball. Um, so Bruce, the, I, I've got Brooke Pryor of ESPN. She covers the Pittsburgh Steelers. She's immediately following you here on the guest list this morning for Sports Talk Saturday. We're going to really dive deep um, into the Steelers offseason, uh, but they made roster moves this week. They 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 cut, you know, maybe one of the best offensive linemen in franchise history, and that's a, a very deep um, franchise in terms of offensive linemen and David DeCastro, and they immediately go out to get Trey Turner. Um, your overall thoughts, I mean, this is a week one opponent. Um, I don't, I know where I stand on Pittsburgh, but like, what is your outlook? look for them for 2021 considering how good that division is i'm i'm a little worried if i'm a steelers fan i think that there's a chance that mike tomlin has historically shown to be able to do amazing things with lack of reasonable quarterback play in 2019 very famously i think he made one of the best coaching years i've seen in recent memory because he was able to limp that team along with quarterbacks like duck hodges 
However, I don't look at the Steelers and understand exactly what it is that they think they're doing right now in this part of their franchise's life cycle. Do they think that this one last hurrah for Big Ben, do they think this is a Super Bowl championship team right now? Because when you go out and you draft Najee Harris in the first round and the tight end in the second round, it feels like you think you're in win-now mode. But when you look at the roster, you look at the offensive line, you look at how Big Ben performed last year, you look at the way this team is structured, you don't necessarily know if they're in a championship window. So I wish if I could get some truth serum in Mm. Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert, I wish that they could tell me, where do you really think you're at right now? Do you think you're in a Super Bowl window? Or is this a, you know what, we're going to let Big Ben kind of play out the string, and then we're just going to see where we're at. I know they signed Mason Rudolph to a one-year extension, so they'll have kind of that overlap where Ben Roethlisberger, if he decides he's, he's out after this particular year, they will at least have somebody under contract. But if they're good enough where they're not picking in the top ten, but they're bad enough that they don't make the playoffs, is it possible we think it's for Steelers in that quarterback purgatory scenario where they haven't been in a really long time? So it's going to be one of the most fascinating franchises to me over the next 12 to 18 calendar months is the Pittsburgh Steelers. There's such an interesting... I I don't know, I can't quite put my finger on it, sort of take with the Pittsburgh Steelers, Bruce. There is, in the back of my mind, a feeling like, wow... What a great week one matchup, especially at home, the fans back in the stands, in a really consequential year. Like, what a great week one opponent. It should be a great game. And then part of me is like, I think the Bills should win by upwards of two touchdowns in that game. And it's it's a weird place to be on an organization that for the better part of what, four decades um, has just been this mainstay in the NFL and and they you know one era to the next to the next. Um, in particular the Ben Roethlisberger era, it seems like you know, how about this? This is very anti-Patriots of the Steelers. And what I mean by that is th- what the Patriots, Bruce, have been so good at is sort of moving on from players a year or two before their real decline. And really, for the better part of three years now, the Steelers have just been hanging on to declining talent. And and Ben Roethlisberger is, I think, obviously the, the, the peak of that mountain. But, you know, the David DeCastros, the, you look on the defensive side of the ball, Joe Hayden, right? Like these guys that really I don't really think have it anymore or are close close to not having anymore, they're sort of doubling and in some cases in the Ben Roethlisberger situation tripling down, and I just don't know that that there's a really good self-evaluation happening in Pittsburgh to help them understand, like, hey, like, we just aren't in this window anymore, or if we are, and Big Ben, this is the, big, the last run for Big Ben, I don't really like what they've done to surround him with talent. The thing that's going to be fascinating for me about the future of the Steelers is that historically, the reason that they've been able to maintain this is because they got two things right. Number one, they got the quarterback right. And number two, they drafted well. And so I think that when you don't have the quarterback right, which I think we can pretty much agree that Ben Roethlisberger at this point is not an elite, upper-tier, you know, stellar, carry-the-franchise-level quarterback anymore. But even if he moves on next year and you have Mason Rudolph, who I don't think is going to be that level of quarterback, then you have to draft even better. And we've seen some slight modifications in the historic Steeler method of drafting. They famously traded all the way up to 10 overall to draft Devin Bush. And that was 
shocking. Mm-hmm. Now, you may think that they, they did it because they had an injury there that was really significant. They wanted to make sure you filled that hole. But you've started to see a little departure from the Pittsburgh Steelers and the way they historically do things. They've historically been a, I am going to sit and let the board come to me team. So now, with it's been so long since we've seen the Steelers need to draft so well to accommodate for a quarterback that wasn't elite that it's going to be fascinating to see if that puts pressure on them and starts to manipulate what we historically have thought of as the Steeler way. And so, like I said, going to be absolutely fascinating. I agree with you that this is a team that the Bills should beat week one, but it's also going to be fascinating to see what the new offense looks like in Pittsburgh because one of the things we're not talking about is that offense is probably going to look a little different this year. Is is, you know, the, the Ben Roethlisberger 2.3 seconds to throw, you know, getting the ball out quick, make sure you can mitigate any of that pressure. If you're defensive line, you got to get your hands up. Is that going to be a thing that we're going to see again because Roethlisberger's arm is shot? Or are we going to see a different way to manipulate that? Lots of bubble screens, RPOs, getting the ball out quickly that way. Like, what is it going to look like? So that's another reason it's going to be fascinating. Bruce, uh, last thing before I let you go. Um, I was having a conversation yesterday with Marcel-Louis Jacques about um, Zach Ertz again, right? And um, the I guess we at this point we could call it a conundrum because it just feels like Howie Roseman continues to misplay this Zach Ertz hand and has really for the better part of a full like calendar year. Um, what is your overall thought process as we as we as we sort of just inch continue inching closer to training camp? It seems like this is Dawson Knox's year, but do you feel like the Bills maybe haven't hedged properly at the tight end position, or do you believe that hedge is Jacob Hollister? Jacob Hollister seems to be a completely reasonable hedge. I don't think that the tight end position is one of those scenarios in the modern NFL where it ever really becomes a massive need for a team because there's so few elite upper-level players at that position. If you have one, if you have a Kittle, if you have a Kelsey, if you have a great tight end, then it makes everybody's lives easier. They just don't make a lot of them. So there's yeah. a supply and demand issue. And in the absence of a bevy of those type of players, NFL offenses have designed themselves to be able to be overly and horribly successful without them. You know, the Bills just finished having the most successful offense in franchise history with basically little to no production from the tight end position. And so when you look at that, you go, okay, can you have a great offense without a great quarterback? Eh, probably rare. Can you have a great offense without a great wide receiver? Probably rare. Can you have a great offense without a great tight end? Yes, you absolutely can. So because of it, I never look at the tight end position as being an, a massive overwhelming need. In regards to Zach Ertz, I'd be okay with it. I'm fine with it. I'm not interested in giving up a significant asset for it. I know what Zach Ertz is at this point in his career, right? He's a move-the-sticks player. He's someone who I think, ironically, would potentially become more important of an acquisition if Cole Beasley actually ends up retiring, as he mentioned on yep. social media as, as an aside, right? If that ended up actually happening, then I think Zach Ertz actually becomes a more important acquisition because of the role he fills, especially on third down, making sure he can move the sticks. But he's not a dynamic down-the-field stretch right. tight end, so he's not giving your offense a – massive upgrade in dynamism. So I'm okay getting him. I'm not going to lose sleep if they don't. Yeah, I, I think I'm right there with you. I, I, I'm i leaning into the Dawson Knox uh, 
growth, I guess, right? Like third year for everyone, I I will die on this point that third the third year of any player um, in the NFL is really the year you find out if a good player can be an elite player. And oftentimes the same can be said about average players turning into or 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 uh, you know basically um, you know replacement level players turning into good quality starters. That typically will will present itself in year three, and I think it's a big one for Dawson Knox. Bruce, thanks so much, my friend, for uh, for jumping on with me. Appreciate it as always. I will see you shortly and looking forward to uh, to consuming some pizza with you very soon, my friend. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.